Hello, welcome. It's 2021, bitches. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Goodbye 2020. Get the fuck out of here. I don't want to hear it. Yeah. Boy, bye. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. Goodbye. Yeah. Um, how was your holidays? It was interesting. It was fun. Do tell. It was mainly just games, a little bit of family action. You love a game. I love a game. I learned how to play backgammon, so I learned oh. a new game. Mm -hmm. And funnily enough, they had one of the games I mentioned last time, Rummy Cube, so I got to kick everybody's ass at that too. <sighs> no big deal. When I re-listened to that episode and you listed off all the games, I literally had no idea <laughs> A single game you mentioned. Really? No. Uh, those no. are some of my favorites. If anyone's <laughs> looking for good game recommendations, go through that list. They're all phenomenal. There you go. Super good. How was your holiday, real talk? Your family <laughs> is always far more interesting than mine, so. I, so this is the first Christmas I did not spend with my family. I stayed in New York. Was a little bummed. It was supposed to be a white Christmas. It wasn't. There was a random heat wave. It was like 59. Yeah. I know we talked about it and I was like, I, I was such a liar. Why did I say it was going to be not, Christmas? But on the positive, it also did not rain on Christmas Day. So yes. that was nice. But <sighs> that's when you have to really center yourself before I am, you tell the story. Yes. <laughs> yes. I am a very specific kind of person. And I think just to know me is to love me, I guess. Because I made a fuck up that is only of the Monique Sanchez proportion. <laughs> like trademarked. Yes. Registered, trademarked. Trademarked, that's the yeah. whole bit. Absolutely. <laughs> Copy so, that shit, we're good. Yes. So my friend Donna, who I've mentioned before on this podcast, she's one of the Capricorns who's always planning everyone's murder. But she's a delicious <laughs> evil laugh. Yes. <laughs> she's a wonderful human being. She invited me for Christmas. She, oh, wonderful. She invited me over. She was going to be by herself. So she said, hey, if you want to come over, uh, we went back and forth. She said, do you want to do Christmas brunch or Christmas dinner? I said, whatever works better for you. I don't give a shit. So she said, great, Christmas dinner. So I get my shit together. I go over to her apartment. She lives in a doorman building. And the doorman calls up saying that I'm there. And Donna's a voice teacher. And she has a very a wonderfully melodious voice. So I can hear her on the other line, the doorman going, hello. <laughs> and the doorman goes, Monique is here for you. And I hear her go, oh. <gasps> Shit. What? Is she not expecting you? Yeah, what? She was not expecting me. What? <laughs> because I showed up on December 24th. No. <laughs> because as a Cuban. That's Christmas. That's Christmas. Yes. That's Christmas dinner. I have yes. never not had a Christmas dinner. On Christmas Eve. Um, yes. Yes. And I do not understand why it didn't occur to me to clarify. Or Donna is not Spanish. And I was like, what? It's Christmas dinner. And I look through our text messages, our exchange, and do not see the 24th or Eve anywhere. Anywhere, in yeah. And I'm mortified beyond belief. And I show up and I'm like, oh my God. I was like, here's your gift. I'm going to fuck off and I'll come yeah, back tomorrow. So I'm sorry. so fucking sorry. But she was like, I just had a shitty phone call. So I'm super happy that you're here. I'm like, amazing. So we actually had a really lovely Christmas Eve. That's so nice. Because she's a delight. And obviously didn't mind that you were there a day early because fucking she'd always want to see you. Yeah. yeah. She, and she was like, no, this is actually the best case scenario. I was expecting to like have this crap phone call and then just staying by myself. And now you're here. And I'm like, amazing. And then we ended up getting together again the next day. And we did a Ouija tarot Christmas. <gasps> oh, I'm so jealous. That's the, oh, that's so much better than my Christmas. Spoiler. 
Ouija Tarot Christmas is the best fucking Christmas. Of course it is. Fuck, of course it is. Just what Jesus Shit. would have wanted. Obviously. Yes. Did you talk to him? Did he answer? Like, you know, we it didn't even occur to us to ask for Jesus. <laughs> it's his birthday. I'm you so, didn't wish him happy birthday? I was such an asshole. I'm such a bad Catholic. I did it on, on his birthday <laughs> on one of the holiest days of the year. Not only did I dabble in the occult, I did not, when I was dabbling in the occult, I didn't say happy birthday or ask to speak with him. You were like, new Ouija, who's this? <laughs> um, but it was amazing. It was kind of the, one of the best Christmases ever. And, That's amazing. And regardless of how, what your, your situation is with your family, the holidays are incredibly stressful and, and can bring out the worst in people. Yes. So, As we illustrated last time with my story, yes. Exactly. Yeah. So to have a super low-key thing with a friend. No just, pressure. No pressure. No rolling. like, yeah. people are arriving and I'm not ready yet. Or this course isn't ready. Wrap gifts and fuck all this exactly. shit. Exactly. No. It was so chill. It was so great. Donna's wonderful. And I had a fucking Ouija Tarot Christmas. That sounds awesome. And we had different decks because <gasps> I had yes. I had purchased two decks just because, because one of them was pretty. And because neither one of us are tarot aficionados, like we don't know how to do any of the fucking things. So we all, we had like our books of like, what is, yeah, what does that two of swords mean? Mm, da, 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 da. And of course, however you feel about tarot, I super respect it. But we both felt that it completely nailed Oh, everything. Oh shit. The cards don't lie. They don't lie. And the funny thing that I've noticed in the last, specifically the last year, is anytime I've gotten my cards read, <laughs> I always very specifically ask what's going to be happening with my career. Okay. Yes. And almost exclusively in the last year, the cards have been like, yeah, whatever. That's fine. Um, let's talk about this one guy yeah. and let's hey. talk about your family. Hey. Like yeah. every <laughs> So of course the same thing happened at Ouija Tarot Christmas. Of course. The cards are trying to tell you something They're trying and you're to... not listening. Yes. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. <laughs> <laughs> like when there's multiple people involved, there's only so much you can do. Ouija That's Tarot. Just saying. Um, it was amazing though. I'm so glad. That sounds yeah. wonderful. Yeah. I'm not accustomed to an amazing Christmas. <laughs> That's very true. I thought this was actually going to be a sad story. So no. I had your belated Christmas gift to cheer you up. Oh my goodness. After you told me about your Christmas. But you don't need cheering up. So then here is just cherry on top. Here's a very tiny little box for you. Amy, she wrapped I, it. It's so cute. Because I'm two episodes late since Monique killed it the first time. Stop. Killed Thank it. you so much. You're so welcome. You're enough of a gift for me. I know. Stop. I'm the gift you just can't get rid of. Stop. It's the white elephant. I love it. Oh my goodness, there's so much happening here. Stop it! Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. Oh my god. You know, I had considered getting you one of these. <laughs> when it occurred to me, I was like, I, this oh is, I can't god. believe I didn't think of it before. It's gorgeous. Okay, good. Oh my god. Amy. Do you like oh, it? Amy. I wasn't sure if I was going to get an, an M or an S, but I was like, I, I feel help. like the M is better. Thank you. Okay, guys. I said, girl, I want my eggplant. Let's do this. <laughs> <laughs> You're getting it, girl. <laughs> So episode one or two, very early on. Yeah, very early on. Amy and I mentioned that one of the several weirdo things we bonded over was wax seals. So Amy got me a custom wax seal 
with an M and like leafiness Floral and it's something. so yeah. pretty oh it is <gasps> you know it's so funny one i absolutely was i was like i this is on the like list yes. docket yes. to get amy for sure you beat me to it oh no i'm excited we can start a whole collection together now because there were so many other ones that i was like oh this is really cool too but it's not like oh my god I'm an sorry. initial do i need to have like, an initialed one like i was gonna get you one with just like a cool mystical looking cat and like moon I'm things so and i was like I'll save that for another date. There's so many opportunities. Oh my God. It's so beautiful. I'm so excited. So here's, yeah, the and first of your many collection. It's funny because I was going to bring this up if I remembered, and now I do. My best friend, Christina, who I've mentioned a bunch, for my birthday, she got me a purse from, it's one of Michelin Pitt's brands. She's a pin okay. who does a lot of cool retro horror stuff. Ooh, love that. And she does a lot of pop culture collaborations. Okay. So she had a collaboration with the new Pet Cemetery movie and she did a whole line. Yes, yeah, you were showing me stuff from that. Super cool. So she did a collaboration with Paramount for the Sleepy Hollow movie, the Tim Burton Sleepy Hollow movie. Yes. Which is one of my all-time favorite movies. Oh, Great so kills. Oh, so good. So if you know the movie at all, there's this toy type of thing that it's a disc with two strings on the side of it. And on one side, there's a cage. And on the other side, there's a cardinal. And when you twirl the, yes. the strings, it does an optical illusion of the cardinal being in the cage. Yes. So Michelin Pitt, she made a purse, a round <gasps> purse like of that that's on one yes. side. It's white. One side has, it's like a clutch. It's round. One side has the bird cage. One side has the cardinal. That sounds super cute. So Christina got me that for my birthday. And on the tag, as part of the, the tag for the gift, in like one of the first scenes, like in the title cards of the movie, where there are, you see like the last will and testament of like Van Garrett, and then the wax, and then the seal, part of the tag is this plastic wax seal uh. of the Van Garrett. And I was like, Amy's the only one I know who would give a shit about this. I would love that. Yes. I love that so much. This is so amazing. Thank Yay, you so of much. Course. This is like I also wanted to get that. you something that wouldn't be a pain to obviously have to carry home. To schlep back? Yes. So I feel like that was... Get ready for that eggplant. Yes, girl. girl I can't it's wait. Coming. I can't wait. I'm so happy you mentioned that it's a Spanish thing to have yeah. dinner because that's what my family always did. And we ended up staying at Johnny's family's house for two nights because uh -huh. we had to stay not only for Christmas Eve dinner, but Christmas Day dinner. And I remember thinking, I told him, I was like, this is super weird to me. Like, we wake up Christmas morning, you open presents, you eat some sort of breakfast, or then you go to the movies because it's the only thing that was open sure. on Christmas Day. So as a family, we'd all go see a movie. And then at 1 p.m., you were done. You're done. Christmas. Yeah. Like, Christmas is done. You can go home. You can go do whatever you want. Yeah. And I didn't know if maybe that was something my family had picked up from living in Miami for so long or something. Oh, maybe. Or what it was. But yeah, I found it very odd. And he was like, yeah, we're staying for Christmas dinner. I was like, wait, what? Like yeah. on Christmas Day, Christmas dinner. Yeah. Christmas Day for us is open presents, go to church, tell Jesus happy birthday, which <laughs> I did not do via... I did do the TV church, but I did not say happy birthday to Jesus via the Ouija board. <laughs> I don't know if that he's happy or he's upset about it. Um, but... Yeah, and we'd go to church. We'd go to my uncle's house to see my dad's side of the family and do the remaining gift exchange there of, like, that yes. side of the family. We'd go to my other grandmother's house. And then that was it. Like, by, like, three or four. Like, the day is done. Yeah. It's done. You're Christmas exhausted. You go home. You watch whatever Christmas movie's on. Yeah. And just take a, take a nap, maybe. Eat leftovers from the night before. Yeah. Have a, my grandma spiked eggnog. Hell yes. Bomb.com. So I would have done the same thing. I would have showed up at Christmas Eve too, been like, yeah, it's Christmas dinner. What do you mean? Yeah, you just don't do anything on, really on Christmas Day. Yeah. 
Well, yes. other people do. Other people do. And I fucked up. Yeah. And I... <laughs> we're, we're the minorities here, by the way. And I text Christina. I was like, I was invited to Christmas dinner, and I showed up on the wrong day. I showed up on the 24th. Christina's Cuban, also. And she texts me back, is your friend white? Because... <laughs> Because if she is, then that's your bad. I'm like, of course it's my bad. Like, I'm not obviously. blaming her. I know. I mean, I what know the fuck I up? did this. Yeah. <laughs> I fucked up. I'm not blaming this on anyone else. <laughs> so it, it was a very Monique Sanchez experience. The, these are things that only happened to me oh, of my doing. That's great. <laughs> well, she was happy to see you. So she was happy. She's because she's wonderful and a delight. And I was mortified. Oh my God. And it wasn't just that. So I fucking show up on the wrong fucking day. I have her gift ready. And because she's adorable, all of her apartment is completely decorated and she has the tree up and she has, and the gifts that she has for other people, she has them underneath her Christmas tree because she's fucking adorable. So she's like, you know, burrowing under the tree looking for my gift and she gives me the gift and she got me, I don't know if I've mentioned it, but I love skulls. I have lots of skull shit. I have, I think. You're wearing a skull ring. I'm wearing a skull ring right now. I have, I think, 11 sugar skulls in my apartment. I just Sounds about right, yeah. It's something like that. I love that. Have a good skull, yeah. I like a good skull. <laughs> Not a real one, but, you know, a ceramic, you know, some shit like that, right? So she gets me this skull decanter. <gasps> Fuck yes. And it's like the regular glass bottle and then in the bottle is like blown, like the skull is like blown oh, in there. Oh, that's super So it does cool. like a cool 3D thing with when you put it alcohol in it. And the thing is, it comes in a box and all I see is that it's a skull decanter on it. There's no picture or anything of okay. it. Okay. So I'm trying to open the box and it has the styrofoam to Nightmare. keep it yes. in. And there isn't a centimeter between the styrofoam and the cardboard. So oh, I'm so you trying... really had to like work that bad boy out. I didn't. I was, <laughs> I was trying to get and because Donna's like, open it. And I'm, I'm trying to get it out. And just chunks of styrofoam Ugh. are just ripping off. So there's styrofoam no. all over this fucking woman's apartment. After I've shown up a fucking day early to Christmas <laughs> dinner, I am nailing. It's like snow. 2020 it's Christmas. Little snow, fake snow pieces. There you go. And the two of us are trying to do this and this is not happening. And it took us entirely too long to put together to just like open the other end and like push it through. <laughs> yes. Way too long. <laughs> like the, the damage is when done. You're, the worst is when you realize that you're like, fuck, I have to clean all this shit up now. Like I feel ridiculous. I'm not a problem solver <sighs> in that way, clearly. <laughs> and this is after this just styrofoam fucking everywhere and i'm like i am such a disaster trash person no i can't even handle it she's dying she thinks it's hysterical yeah i'm sure she's having a great time and also like fuck i'm cuban it's a very intense situation the drama's a huge situation if i did this in my house this would ruin my mother's fucking day oh yeah you would never hear the end of it Exactly. So Donna's just so laughing. So you're expecting that. Of yeah. Course. You're expecting like, oh my God, she's never going to invite me over. This is exactly. Yeah. So she's just laughing hysterically and she just goes to get the vacuum cleaner and just cleans it up. Yeah. She's like, that's why I have a vacuum cleaner. Whatever. No big deal. Yeah. Let's have pizza. You're like, I don't even know how to react to this. Exactly. Me. Yeah. Exactly. Like, this would have ruined my mother's day. <laughs> I'm like prepared for the spoon. Like, what is this? Oh, see, I'm not. The, Cubans don't do the spoon. No? No, we do. You don't. Have I had the chancletazo okay. with the flip flop? Yep. Although I don't think we ever got a flip flop. We got my dad's top ciders. 
Ooh, with a boat shoe. Worse? I think worse on that one. He's a size 11. I know, yeah. 13. He's oh, 13. that's quite a paddle at that point. Yeah. Yeah. And he would just like, <laughs> to threaten us, he would just like flick it off. Oh, like, and that was the warning? You were like, it was the oh. warning. It's like, it's on the floor and it's off my foot. So you want to keep- I can grab it at any moment. You want to keep going? <laughs> Child abuse. <laughs> it's hilarious. So funny. <laughs> my parents never spanked me. They just threatened me with manual labor, which was- which was actually strangely terrifying. effective. I really didn't Enough. want to work as a child. Yeah. <laughs> so oh, man. that worked. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you had a good, a good Christmas then. It's pretty rad. I would recommend. Yeah. Ready to Christmas for all. Yeah. Next year. Absolutely. 2021. Fuck yeah. Yes. Let's do a... We should a, do a big one. Yes. Yeah. Let's do like a live stream Ready <gasps> to Christmas next year. Done. 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 Notarize it. It's official. It's happening. Yes. Seal that I can. shit with the wax. She's see got her notary stamp. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. It's not the fancy notary one where it like raises the paper, but I think I still have my notary stamp. Actually. Do you? It's, Keep my shit. I I think it says when it's oh expires or I don't know. I'll look at. I might have tossed it, being like, why do I have this clunky I'm thing? I'm gonna keep this bullshit. Right. I don't know. Do you have some spooky, spooky shit? I have spooky shit. I have two minor corrections from last week. Yeah. Which is when I bring up Dragon Ball Z because Monique says literally just 3,000 and that's what it reminds me of. The meme is it's over 9,000, which I'm only saying because I do not want to hear it from Johnny later if he hears the episode and then he's like, you're an idiot. The meme is it's over 9,000. So it's 6,000 off, but yeah, Dragon Ball Z meme. And then I slip up and I use the word beneficiary instead of benefactor when we're talking about great expectations. Yes. I knew what you meant though. I knew, yes. He was the beneficiary of and the other of the benefactor. Yes. Yeah. So there's a lot of the same letters in there though. Yes. So it made it. me think of young Frankenstein when he is introducing his fiance, mm -hmm. but he says financier. Yes. Yes. Oh, what a great movie. It is a really great movie. Do you know the um because Gene Hackman plays the blind monk? And after he inadvertently just abuses and scolds and burns the, the monster, and he, he, the monster leaves, he goes, wait, wait, where are you going? I was going to make espresso. Oh. <laughs> That's an improv. Is it really? Yes, and it's perfect. It's so good. It's I had no so idea. Good. I had no idea. Oh. Oh. It's one of my favorites. Yeah, that's correct. I support that. I think that was, I think that was it. So Great. I picked a story. Uh -huh. It's not really super spooky. Originally, I was going to do a UFO story because I it's talked all you want. so it's all I want and I talked about aliens so much last episode. Guys, Amy needs your fucking alien stories. Just, it doesn't even have to be an alien, like just a UFO, just some she like, needs crazy it. lights, something so bad. Something. You have no idea. It's all her I, dreams. Do you want to make me cry? Like is that what you want? <laughs> I will do it. I will I will get there. So I was going to do the UFO story that like Got, got me interested in UFOs, and then I realized last podcast does a two-part series on it, and I was a little hesitant after that, so I immediately scrapped my story and redid a whole new one this morning, so. We can't go against last podcast. Yeah, they're, no. They're great. they're great, and it was one of those things, like, they did a two-part thing. I wasn't going to do it more justice in my... They did three parts on a local consensual. Shit, did they really? I'm going to guess they nailed it more than <laughs> I did. I had 45 minutes, they had six hours on it. Uh, so. I'm going to say their pronunciations were not nearly as good as yours. Oh. I will say. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go out on a limb. I didn't listen to it, but I'm going to guess. That's the only episode I've gone out of my way to not, or the, the series I've gone out of my way to not listen to because it just hurt too much. I can, I can I understand like, oh, They dropped two episodes before I dropped mine. I Fuck. can understand that. 
But I love them. Nothing but love for Hendrick yes. and Marcus. I'm obsessed with them. They're great. They are great. They're great. Yeah. It's the whole reason I literally scrapped my story this morning. I was like, I'm not going to embarrass myself. Like, come on. I'm going to peer pressure you at some point to tell the story. Ooh. Yes. Okay. Oh and we God. just have to let last podcast be last podcast. That's fine. And, and us be us. The only thing I'm good at, so. I love it. <laughs> so instead, I'm going to do The Curse of the Iceman. Oh. So, sources... Wikipedia, DW.com, TheGuardian.com, Ranker.com, and Iceman.it. On September 19th in 1991, two German tourists, Helmut and Erika Simon, discovered a frozen body at an elevation of about 10,530 feet while hiking in the Otetztal Alps on the Austrian-Italian border. They assumed it was the body of a recently deceased mountaineer, and the next day, authorities attempted to remove the body, which was frozen in ice from the torso down. They used a pneumatic drill and ice axes, but were forced to give up due to bad weather. On September 22nd, the body was semi-officially extracted and was officially salvaged the following day, four days after the initial discovery. It was transported to the medical examiner in Innsbruck, together with other objects found near the body. On September 24th, the incredibly well-preserved body was examined by archaeologist Conrad Spindler, who dated the find, estimating the body was actually about 4,000 years old. Damn. Since he was discovered in the Otetzel Alps, they began to call him Otzi. He has over 500 nicknames, such as the Iceman, or my personal favorite, Frozen Fritz. <laughs> Which I don't know why, but that just sounds so adorable to me, and I love it. It's cute and has alliteration. Right? What else do you want? Frozen Fritz. He is Europe's oldest known natural human mummy and has offered an unprecedented view of Copper Age Europeans. Since his discovery, the Iceman's body has been extensively examined, measured, x-rayed, and dated. Tissues and intestinal contents were examined and analysis was also performed on the items found with the body. The items found with the Iceman's body were a copper axe with a U handle, a flint-bladed knife with an ash handle, a quiver of 14 arrows, and an unfinished U longbow. From the examinations, it was determined that at the time of his death, Otzi was 5 feet 3 inches, weighed 110 pounds, and was about 45 years old. Because he was covered in ice shortly after his death, his body had only partially deteriorated and was... And this is 4,000 years ago, you said? Yes. So 45, that's a good long run. Yes. All right, good for, good not, for him. Not bad. His body had only partially deteriorated and was incredibly well preserved. So... I'm going to give kind of just like a quick overview of some things they found out from the extensive analysis that they did on him. So they determined that he had an intestinal parasite called whipworm. They found the oldest evidence of Lyme disease in his DNA. Damn. He was lactose intolerant. Oof. His 12th pair of ribs was missing, which is a rare genetic anomaly. Oh. Endoscopic examinations have shown that his lungs were soot blackened due to his constant proximity to open fires. Mm. He had a total of 61 tattoos. Damn! Yes. They were doing tattoos 4,000 years ago? Yes. Shit, that's pretty cool. So the tattoos were created by rubbing a pigment made from pulverized charcoal into fine incisions made in the skin, so it wasn't needle-based. And it has been speculated that these tattoos may have actually been related to pain relief because oh. they were all located on sites of the body with considerable wear and tear, such as your joints, oh. as well as... The location of the tattoos were along acupuncture lines. So like pressure points. Yes. And one of the pressure points that was tattooed was apparently one that's connected to your stomach, which he had that intestinal parasite. Right. So they think that that was associated with that, which is kind of strange. Yeah. This is like really cool. All right, good. So I'm like, 
I was like, this, and this is just the fun science beforehand. Yay! I love science. <laughs> Even yes. though I don't have a chemistry degree. <laughs> Everyone can love science. You don't need a degree. That's the best part about it. His stomach was completely full and its contents were mostly undigested. Researchers were able to identify the contents of his last meal, which was omnivorous, well-balanced, and composed of three major components, fat and meat from ibex and red deer, as well as grain cereals created from einkorn. By examining the proportions of his tibia, femur, and pelvis, it was determined that his lifestyle included long walks over hilly terrain. This degree of mobility is not characteristic of other Copper Age Europeans, so it was proposed that he might have been a high-altitude shepherd. High levels of both copper particles and arsenic were found in his hair, which this, along with the copper axe blade, which was 99.7% pure copper, Shit. has led scientists to speculate that he was involved in copper smelting at the time. So. Otzi's cause of death remained uncertain until 10 years after the discovery of the body. So, like 20 years ago? 2001? Yes. Cool. Look at you with your With math. my math. Look at you, yes. Don't, don't get attached. <laughs> That's, I get one, I think, a year. <laughs> well, you got it right. One out of one. Maybe. Yes. It was initially believed that he died from exposure during a winter storm. But later, speculation arose that he might have been the victim of a ritual sacrifice, <gasps> perhaps for being a chieftain. In 2001, all right, don't get, don't get excited. Don't get excited. This is bullshit. <laughs> I don't know if that part, <laughs> I don't think it's a ritual sacrifice. I mean, I will say this because this isn't a visual medium. I actually concerned myself with how excited I was about it being a ritual sacrifice. I was like, you, oh jaw dropped, eyes wide open. Not just jaw dropped. She was thrilled. Jaw dropped with the ends of the mouth curled up yeah. because I was so excited. <laughs> so maniacal smile. We're going to pretend like that didn't just it. happen. No, I'm oh not pretending God. that. I would have gotten equally excited about a ritual sacrifice. So literally zero judgment. <laughs> I didn't want you to get too excited and then be disappointed at my story. That so I had to like thing. contain this a little bit. <laughs> In 2001, like Monique said, X-rays and a CT scan revealed that Otzi had an arrowhead lodged in his left shoulder when he died, which also matched a small tear on his coat. After discovering the arrowhead, researchers began to theorize that he had actually died of blood loss from the wound. Because the arrow severed the subclavian artery, Otzi would have bled to death within a matter of minutes. Fuck! There were also bruises and cuts on his hands, wrists, and chest, as well as a cerebral trauma that indicated a blow to the head. Although it was originally theorized that he died alone from an accident in the mountains, Tom Loy, a molecular archaeologist, was able to debunk this theory using DNA analysis which revealed traces of blood from at least four other people on his gear. Shit! Yeah. One from his knife, two from an arrowhead, and a fourth from his coat. From these findings, it is believed that Otzi killed two people with the same arrow, and the blood on his coat was from a wounded comrade. Loy surmised the Stone Age man was hunting with a companion when the pair got into a territorial skirmish. According to Iceman.it, quote, there can be no doubt that Otzi was murdered. A few days before his death, he was involved in hand-to-hand -hand combat and had received a deep cut to his right hand. The evidence, therefore, suggests that Otzi was being pursued and was confronted by one or more attackers." End quote. A fascinating find in and of itself, it became even more interesting when rumors of a curse began to circulate in 2004. Fuck yes! Right? Oh, I love a curse! I love some curses! <laughs> The curse, like those typically associated with ancient Egyptian pharaohs, supposedly stemmed from the Iceman's anger at being disturbed after resting peacefully for 53 centuries. Mm -hmm. So rumors of a curse began when Helmut Simon, 67, who was the German tourist who originally discovered the Iceman, 
fell to his death during a freak blizzard while hiking near the same spot where he saw Otzi through the ice. Fuck. Within an hour of Simon's funeral, the head of the mountain rescue team that was assigned to find him, Dieter Warneck, 45, died of a heart attack. Shit. Conrad Spindler, 66, the archaeologist who first inspected the prehistoric corpse, died of complications from multiple sclerosis. He was aware of the curse theories and in an interview once joked, I think it's a load of rubbish. It's all media hype. The next thing you will be saying, I will be next. Okay. I was kind of next. I am upset. This, this sounds like, like Tutankhamen a lot with the curse. Tutankhamen? Yeah. King Tutankhamen? Girl, you don't know Is this, this King Tut? Or yeah. Just, okay, okay, that's, that's his full name. name. Sorry. Okay. I'm like, what? Okay. <laughs> yes. Yeah, King Tut. And okay. Like, it's super duper cursed and like everyone who had anything. And I'm going off of eighth grade obsession memory so yes that's the best kind of memory come on thank you it's going to be probably completely wrong but either on the sarcophagus or in the room that they found him in there was spells there was Mm. warnings and basically every single person involved in finding it died like very weirdly and very soon thereafter Mm -hmm. and there's things of like oh but the air because it was like shitty air or dead air or whatever no girl that's a fucking curse if you walk curse. into a place and it says, what was the fucking thing you, uh, the Dyatlov, like, don't go there, bitch, don't, don't go, go there. there. <laughs> you knew. You don't got to tell me twice. You were warned very clearly. We, we put it on the wall. Like, yes. what are you talking about? If you smoke on an airplane, there will be consequences. If you go into a place and they say, don't fucking go here and fuck with our shit, there's going to be consequences. There's consequences. <sighs> I'm obsessed. Continue. So, Dr. Rainer Hen, 64, who was the forensic expert who placed the cadaver in a body bag with his bare hands, died in a road accident mm. on his way to a conference to discuss the Iceman. <gasps> I'm, I'm I know. I love this. I know. Kurt Fritz, 52, who was the alpine guide who organized the transportation of the remains via helicopter, was killed by a snowslide in the mountains. It occurred in an area he knew well, and he was the only climber in his group to die. Damn. Do you know what's the time frame from when they found to when these people are passing? Starts, the curses, quote unquote, start around 2004. But but ultimately, none of these people are dying at home in their bed. They're basically mm, all dying like weird shit. Accidents or, yes, medical issues. Right. But not like, he lived to the ripe old age of 97. And it's one of the things like, they're older, but the oldest is 67. Like, that's not that old. My fucking grandparents are 81 and 92, respectively, or something. Yeah. So not that crazy to... No, absolutely. And this isn't, like, 1920. No, this it's fucking 2004, at least. Yes. I smell Again, believe what you will. I'm believing it's a curse. a little sketchy. I'm believing it's a curse. Okay, good. <laughs> Rainier Holes, 47, a journalist who filmed the removal of the Iceman from his icy mountain grave died of a brain tumor. Tom Loy, a U.S. foreign molecular archaeologist, was found dead in his home as he was finalizing a book about Otzi. He had suffered from a blood-related condition for about 12 years, and he was diagnosed shortly after he became involved with the Iceman. See, the thing also that's interesting to me is, for the most part, all of these people, like, can't let it go either. Yes. It's not like like we found out we've moved on. It's It's, the find of their lives. It's the find of their life, and they keep talking about it. Otzi's like, why are you so obsessed with me? Like, I just want to get on with my life. I just want to sleep in my little refrigerated box now. Yeah, and you're going to conferences where you're talking about me writing books and shit. It's like, no, I'm not This shit needs to stop right now. Right, (laughs) and I'm stopping it forcefully. (laughs) Yes. 
A colleague said that Loy, quote, didn't believe in the curse. It was just superstition. People die, end quote. So, yeah, but not all like that. They're a little sketchy. It's a little, and it's one of those things like, okay. Everyone has to die. Everyone has to die. But like that, like all of them not being natural causes, all of them being weird, like not weird, but just not natural causes. Yes. So there are seven deaths in total that have been attributed to the alleged curse. Four were health related. Three were accidents. And while one of the deaths is still associated with curse, Dieter Warnecke merely headed the rescue team that found Helmut Simon, who originally found Otzi. He wasn't actually part of the original excavation or research crew. I will say that as like a little note on that. While theories of a curse have kept people interested over the years, in reality, hundreds of people were involved in the recovery of Otzi and are still involved in studying the body and the artifacts found with it. The fact that a small percentage of them have died over the years is not statistically significant. Since 1998, Otzi has been on display in a specially constructed high-tech refrigerated casket which simulated glacier conditions at the South Tyrol Museum of Archaeology in Bolzano, the capital of South Tyrol. And that is the curse of Otzi the Iceman. That's really rad. I'm pretty sure I've, I definitely have heard of him. He's very noteworthy. And I had heard of him being found, but I didn't know any of the fact that they like, like, thought he was cursed because the curse thing came yeah. years later. Same. Yes. same. Exactly same. I had not heard any of the curse stuff. So I, for a little bit, was like, is she just going to talk about finding a fucking... I know. I was, when I realized like how much information I had on the, uh, just like the finding of him and his excavation and all of that, I was like, oh shit. Which I'm like, I know Amy likes to go rogue, but she's no. not going to go that rogue. Not going to go that rogue. But yeah, seven people died. To me, a that lot is, under mysterious circumstances. That is st- statistically significant to me. I think it's a little strange. That curse is real. <laughs> <laughs> I like the idea of cursed objects, but it's one of those things that obviously... How do you research, like how do you do scientific tests on sure. an object to see if it's cursed? There's so it's all just anecdotal. Of course. Yes. Yeah, there, there's so many things that I've read over the years that I won't go into because they are in a composition notebook that I have written down <laughs> for me to tell stories on later for you guys. But I was watching something and it was about a cursed object. I don't recall what the object was, but it was about a cursed object. And you had the host and all the people being like, I had this thing and it fucked my life up. And, and then you had a scientist who studied, there was a very scientific word for it, like a, a title for it, but essentially studied curses and, and people's perception of curses and the, the perception of almost like transference onto an object. Okay, interesting. And saying how they'd done studies of people being told to wear a jacket that belonged to Adolf Hitler. And they wouldn't wear it. It's like, it's just a fucking jacket. But that people believe in this transference of that this object is evil just because it's like imbued with special powers. Yeah. 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 Interesting. I thought you were going to tell me they told people that a jacket belonged to Hitler, but it actually didn't. And I don't then, think like, it did. See if they developed their own, like in wearing the jacket, developed their own... Their own thing about it? Yes. Yeah. Whether they started acting a certain way because they were like, no, it's the jacket. It's taking control oh, of no, my mind. No, they wouldn't even fucking put it on. Wow. They refused. They're like, I'm not going to... That's an evil fucking jacket. I'm not fucking putting that shit on. Would you put Hitler's jacket on? Real talk. I don't think so. Is it weird that I would? No. 
I don't want to. I'm not like, I'm not like, oh my god, I'm wearing Hitler's jacket. But it wouldn't frighten me. I, I mean, they so were like, yeah, the Fuhrer Couture. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, their uniforms were designed by Hugo Boss, so like, draw and don't ever let mm. Hugo Boss and all them people oh, yeah, and the posh people like, pretend like, like that wasn't a thing. It should have been bring it up. Yeah. No, I I don't think you're weird for being down to put on Hitler's jacket. I very much am a vibes person and an uh, empathetic yes. person. And I just regularly, like, I'll go into a place or I'll meet a person or I'll, I'll walk by a place and be like, I don't fucking like that. I don't like what's happening here. Oh, no. I so agree. I couldn't 100%. imagine that I'd be like, mm, it's cashmere. Like, I, you know. <laughs> Wait, is it cashmere? I'm definitely putting it on then. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I just would not. No, you're want to do that. Your reaction is the correct reaction, Monique. Like the fact that you're humoring my yeah, fuck it, I'd wear a Hitler's jacket attitude it. is insane. I get it because it's a jacket. It's Thank fabric. you. It's a yes. It's, it's fabric that's been sewn together and whatever. And as per that, that's all it is. Yes. But what if it's not? <laughs> <laughs> what if I start getting plans for world domination and massive genocide? Then we have issues. Yeah. But oh you'll look gosh. amazing in your favorite <laughs> couture. <laughs> like Is that the episode title? I think so. It's really good. Oh, that's really I good. Didn't, I obviously didn't even plan that. I'm fucking proud of myself for that one. You fucking nail it on the episode titles. Thank like, you. Like, nonstop. Thanks. Uh, that was amazing. Thank you. I'm glad you liked it. I, it's one of those that halfway through I'm always like, if I made a terrible, a terrible mistake... Um, and yeah. you're always excited about it, so. Actually, Amy, um, it's it's good that you bring it up. Uh, <laughs> I've been meaning to tell you. <laughs> we're ending the podcast. Yes. <laughs> that story was one too far. <laughs> it's also one of those things that halfway through, I'm always like, this isn't horrifying enough. There's no blood. That's like, okay. He was murdered. Seven people died. I don't know what more you guys want for my life. And that's why we have the true crime. Yes. By the way, I love that we've totally been on the same page with our stories where you thought you went too hard and then went softer and I thought I went too soft and went harder. Yeah. Like, I love it. Yeah. How should I prepare myself today? Are we in for a Jesus Christ, I need a drink after this? Or is this just like a, oh, all right, you know. I'm never not going to endorse drinking alcohol. Oh, yeah. That's, that's a fact. Is it functional alcoholism? Maybe. I don't know. Uh, so I will never... What's in a name? <laughs> One man's functional alcoholism is another man's Tuesday. Like, it's there you fine. go. Boom. This story is crazy, but I think... All right, I'm buckling up. I think y'all are going are gonna to enjoy it. Oh, I'm sure. So I'm sure. I am going to be telling the story of Noella Rocundo. Full disclosure, there are some names in here that are not English or Spanish. So... <laughs> <laughs> So, so the pronunciation. Pronunciation, I don't know. I also don't know if I'm putting the right emphasis on the right syllable. So just bear with me. Appreciate you kids. <laughs> you, can DM, you can DM us and tell us how we're really supposed to pronounce it. It's how fine. fucking wrong we are. I'm trying. It's <laughs> all that matters. It's, it's half the battle, honestly. So my sources are GQ.com, WashingtonPost.com, TheAge.com, and Australian Broadcasting Corp, which is abc.com.au, I think, but I didn't oh, okay. want to put ABC because that's a different thing for us. Australian Broadcasting Corp. In 2004, Noella Rocundo fled Burundi seeking asylum in Australia. 
And just a quick side note, to admit what a garbage person I am, the only reason I know that Burundi exists is because in Eddie Izzard's Dress to Kill, oh. he does a whole thing about if you're out with someone and they suggest a cup of coffee, that means sex is on. He's like, but it doesn't work every time. He's like, if the president of Burundi is like, would you like a cup of coffee? He's like, oh God, here. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you wanted a cup of coffee. That's the only reason I know that Burundi exists as a country. Hey, I mean, I feel like that's more than most people can say, which sure. we probably don't even know that it's a country. So at least you know. There we and go. And now all of you know. And now all you know. Also, you should watch Eddie Izzard's Dress to Kill. Oh, it's yeah. perfection. So, okay, 2004, Noella flees Burundi, seeking asylum in Australia. Shortly after arriving down under, I'm sorry that I used that. I wanted to find any other terminology for Australia to not say Australia twice. And I didn't want to use down under, but this is where the fuck we are. (laughs) You didn't say it in the cheesy Australian accent. Down under. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I wanted to say A shrimp on the barbie. I have friends who are Australian and they hate me so hard right now. Oh my god. Sorry, Uh, Australia, we love you. We love you so much. We have listeners in Australia. I know, I was going to (laughs) say. Victoria, hey girl, we see you. We love you. Shortly after arriving down under, Noella went to the resettlement agency, which, if I understand correctly, is a government agency that helps refugees get on their feet in their new country, which is bad as fuck. Her social worker there introduced her to Belenga Kalala, a forklift operator who was also a recent refugee, but from the Democratic Republic of Congo. Shortly before his leaving the Congo, he had fled a rebel army that had ransacked his village, killing his wife and young son. Jesus. No fucking joke. We're already off to great start. Yeah. Yep. Genocide. (laughs) Fun for the whole family. Oh my god. Since Noella and Belenga had the same social worker, and since Belenga already knew English, their social worker often recruited him to translate for Noella, who only spoke Swahili. It wasn't before long that Noella and Belenga fell in love, got married, moved in together to Kings Park, a Melbourne suburb, and had three children to add to the five kids Noella had had from previous relationships. Get the fuck out. And that's it. That's the horrifying part. Oh, <laughs> I'm traumatized. Oh my god, no. I'm not going to sleep tonight, Monique. Eight, Eight children? Children. Girl. Eight dogs, maybe. Like, that's... Not even. Eight <laughs> anything totally. is the problem for no. me. No. Oof. Oof. Eight is enough. <laughs> Eight is enough. Oh my god. Don't be honest, the five was enough. You could have stopped Girl, there. I know. Oh, uh, I mean... All right. Clearly, she's the type you look at her and boom... Pregnant, yeah. Pregnant. In January 2015, Noella received word that her stepmother had died. So on January 21st, 2015, she flew back to Burundi to attend the funeral and visit with relatives. She stayed in a hotel in Bujumbura. Sounds good to me. Great. Burundi's capital. And was regularly in contact with her husband, who had stayed home with the couple's three children, as well as Noella's five other children. Eight kids. Oh, God. By yourself. I know, right? Oof. On February 17th, Belenga called Noella at the hotel. She told him that she was sad about the death of her stepmother, and Belenga told her to go outside and get some fresh air to clear her head. They hung up, and Noella decided to take his advice. As soon as she walked outside, a man charged at her, pointing a gun in her face. What the fuck? He said, quote, don't scream. If you start screaming, I will shoot you. They're going to catch me, but you, you will already be dead, end quote. 
A terrified Noella did what she was told. She was then forced into a vehicle with two other men in it who blindfolded her before driving away so she couldn't see where she was being taken. After driving for about 30 or 40 minutes, the car came to a stop and Noella, still blindfolded, was pushed into a building and tied to a chair. One of her kidnappers asked her, quote, you woman, what did you do for this man to pay us to kill you? End quote. What? She had no idea what was going on. A confused and bewildered Noella replied, what are you talking about? Belenka sent us to kill you. What? You're lying, she told them. And they laughed at her, calling her a fool. Granted, she's blindfolded through this whole exchange. Oh my god, how fucking terrifying. Mm -hmm. The next thing Noella heard was the sound of a dial tone and a male voice coming through the speakerphone. It was her husband's voice. Kill her, he <gasps> said. Yep. I'm sorry, does he want to be left with all eight children by himself? Like, Girl. Why, do you, why, why is this your goal? I don't understand. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, wait. Ugh. Upon hearing that, Noella fainted. When she came to, Noella found herself in the strange building not far from Gujumbura, the capital where she had been staying, and with her kidnappers still there. Noella was prepared for the worst. That's when the hitmen informed her that they weren't going to kill her. Fuck yes. They didn't believe in killing women and children, which... Yes! Sure. Hit man with a heart of gold. You also shouldn't kill like men either, but... Uh, yeah. Two out of three. Sure. I'll take it. You know. <laughs> you gotta have some lines. Like, I get it. Of course. Not to mention, they also knew her brother. Oh, okay, fun. They planned on keeping Belinga's money and telling him that she was dead. And as soon as they received the full payment, they were going to let her go. On February 18th, one of the kidnappers called Belenga and told him, quote, we've killed your wife and you are the one winning, end quote. He expressed gratitude to the hitman <gasps> saying, this fucking bitch. This piece of shit. Oh, okay. The audacity of this bitch. Audacity. I feel like, fuck you, take the fucking eight kids. Like, good luck with that. I'm right? a peace out with the hitmen mm -hmm. having a grand old time. He expressed gratitude to the hitmen saying, quote, we are like family, end quote. <gasps> I mean, go fuck yourself. Literally go fuck yourself. What a piece of shit. I'm like at a loss for words. The following day on February 19th, two days after she had been kidnapped by hitmen hired to kill her by her husband, Noella's captors set her free, leaving her on the side of the road with a cell phone and an envelope filled with evidence to incriminate her husband, including a cell phone SIM card containing recordings of their phone conversations with Belenga planning Noella's murder and two Western Union wire transfer receipts for the 7,000 Australian dollars they were paid for the hit. Oh, my God. Right? Like, I don't want to say this is my dream, but this is kind of my dream. This is amazing. Right? I'm obsessed. Uh, good for this girl. Like, I hope she fucking yeah. rained hell down upon this man. Wait, it's going to get so good. Mm. And by the way, this is 7,000 that this sack of shit had used a redraw facility on the couple's home loan <gasps> to fucking get. I was going to say, this was like her fucking money too, wasn't it? Do, do you know what a redraw facility is? Because I... Is that like where you borrow against your house and you like take money out? Kind of. So I am hashtag not a homeowner. So I had no idea what the fuck this was. But yourmortgage.com explains it very succinctly. So do, do tell. Here you go. See, not just a horror podcast, kids. You're learning about, yeah, you're mortgages. learning about mortgages. Adulting. <laughs> Welcome. 
A redraw facility allows you to make extra payments towards your loan. These payments will be pulled in a fund that you can withdraw anytime you need it. Here's how it works. If you're only required to pay $1,500 monthly, but you decide to pay $1,700 monthly, the extra $200 will go to a redraw facility. If you consistently pay $1,700 for five years, you will have made $18,000 worth of extra payments. If you decide to leave the funds untouched, a redraw facility will help you pay your loan off faster. However, you can withdraw the funds at any time uh, that you accumulated for an extra fee. Okay. So this is what where the fuck he got the seven thousand dollars. Yeah. Yes, a colossal piece of shit. Wow. Right after dropping her off at the side of the road, one of the kidnappers said, "Quote: We just want you to go back to tell other stupid women like you what happened." End quote before they fucking drove away. I don't even, you can call me stupid all Fine. fucking day. I will tell all of the women. Exactly. Rattled as fuck, obviously. I would have pretended to be a ghost and like gone to my house and scared the shit out of my husband who just had me killed. Anyone else? No, it's just me. Let me, let me. <laughs> Damn it, did I ruin it? I'm sorry. Let me continue my story. Okay. Rattled as fuck, but alive and determined like the boss that she fucking is, mm. Noelle applauded her next move. She called her pastor in Melbourne and told him the entire nightmare of a fucking story. She said, quote, I knew he was a violent man, but I didn't believe he could kill me. End quote. Ugh. Girl. He agreed to help her get back to Australia, and with the help of the Kenyan and Belgian embassies, on February 22nd, Noella arrived back home in Melbourne. Her pastor, who agreed to not reveal to Belenga what he knew, assisted Noella in getting her back to her neighborhood undetected yes fuck yes this guy looking at right belenga as it turns out had fucking told everyone in the community that noella had died in a tragic accident abroad but they couldn't find her body and that they were going to have a funeral on february 22nd in their home the same night that noella got back to melbourne his friends from the local Melbourne African community rallied around him to offer not only spiritual and emotional support, but significant financial support. Ugh, go fuck yourself. To help him and the eight children now solely in his care. Well, you deserve that, let's be honest. I mean, girl. Witnesses said during the entire funeral, Belenga was crying like a baby. Crying, quote, oh my wife, I love my wife so much, I can't believe she left me or the kids. End quote. Go fuck yourself. Alligator tears. Like, Ugh. fuck you. Ugh. No. I cannot. Uh-uh. Go fuck yourself. Also, I, re- I really don't think he was convincing. I highly doubt he's fucking giving an Oscar-level performance at this I mean, point. probably not. During the funeral, Noella sat in a car outside her home waiting for the perfect moment Watching to confront her, own... her treacherous husband. Girl. Yes. Oh, my God. Her own fucking funeral. No. As she watched the last few mourners leave her funeral, she spotted the man she had been waiting for. As she stepped out of the car and approached the fake widower, Noella told the BBC, quote, I felt like somebody who had risen again, end quote. Yes! Fuck yes. Is it my eyes, he said. Is it a ghost? Belenga touched Noella, and to his horror, she was not a ghost but very much a solid, living, breathing person. Surprise, I'm still alive, she replied. <laughs> my hero. Oh my God, surprise, bitch. Surprise, bitch. Oh, that's amazing. 
So she obviously immediately called the police onto the scene. But of course, the sack of shit denied everything. But no worries, because the police actually took Noella's story very seriously and tapped her phones. Good for them. Right? right. Australia. So she has like a fucking envelope of evidence against you. Like, go fuck yourself. Exactly. Crown Prosecutor Douglas Trapnell QC told Supreme Court that on February 28th, 2015, which is five days after this fucking funeral for her, the police secretly recorded a phone conversation between Noella and Belenga in which he begged her to forgive him and confirmed that he had arranged to have her murdered. Ugh. Belenga believed Noella had been having an affair, something she vehemently denies, and was going to leave him, so he wanted to punish her for being unfaithful, which is, one, a disproportionate response. Yes. Two, fuck you. People have affairs all of the time. And they don't need to be murdered because of that. No, you get a divorce, and you use the my wife cheated on me sob story, and then get laid for the rest of your life. Yeah. What the fuck is the problem? Yeah. Fuck you. Ugh. He was recorded saying, quote, Sometimes devil can come into someone to do something, but after they do it, they start thinking, Why did I do that thing later? End quote. All the while begging her to forgive him. Belenga Kalala was promptly arrested and in September 2015 pleaded guilty to one count of incitement to murder. During sentencing, Chief Justice Marilyn Warren said the crime involved a great breach of trust, that people should expect protection from their partners, not violence. Which, yes, the fact that that even needs to be stated yes. is fucking wild. Mind-blowing to me. It's like, that should literally go without saying. Literally. But apparently the fuck Apparently happened. it had to be said. Yes. Yes. She said, quote, Had Miss Rocundo's kidnappers completed the job, eight children would have lost their mother. It was premeditated and motivated by unfounded jealousy, anger, and the desire to punish Miss Rocundo. End quote. When weighing her decision for sentencing, the Chief Justice took into account that Belenga had been a hard worker and of good standing in the Australian community prior to his charge. She also considered his troubled childhood in war-torn Africa and the fact that his wife and child had been brutally murdered in the Democratic Republic of Congo when he was 24. Wait, this man's wife, former wife, was brutally murdered? Yes. And he decided he was going to hire a hitman to brutally murder? Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. Just making sure. He's nailing it. Yeah. Noella's son, Faustin, which it, in the articles it didn't clarify if it was one of their children or the children previous. from the previous uh, okay. marriage. I believe it's one from the previous marriage because I believe the oldest child the two of them had together was 11. Okay. So I think that this is one of the previous marriage ones. That makes Previous sense. relationship ones. Noella's son, Faustin, who was understandably very upset by the kidnapping of his mother, said... Quote, she works for us, feeds us, she clothed us, and she was doing the same thing for Belenga. I look at him in court, but I couldn't see a man, because I believe a man would not do something like that. Oh, damn, that kid just like mic dropped and walked away. Boston knows what the fuck time it is. Yes. When all was said and done, Belenga Kalala was sentenced to, do you want to give a guess? Uh, Five years? Nine years. Okay. Nine still, years in prison. Still not enough. Yeah. Wait. Nine years in prison for incitement to murder and will be eligible for parole after serving six years in prison. Ugh. The sixth year being next year. What? Yeah, girl. Of his sentencing, Noella said, quote, I think the nine years they give to him, six years and the three years that follow, 
I think it's not enough for him because that man is evil, end quote. Which, yes, yes. yes. Correct. This is probably a question you might not know the answer to. If the hitman had gone through with killing her, does it say what his sentencing would have been? I wanted to look that up. Because I feel like because she's alive, the sentencing isn't as harsh as it would be. Yeah, and that, I've always found that to be fucking weird. It is very weird. It's like, okay, on the off chance you didn't succeed at the thing you were trying to do. So now you're not going to be punished as much because, like, it didn't go the way you planned it was Even though the intention was Was, the same. You just executed it poorly. A hundred fucking percent, yes. So, as if this woman hadn't been through fucking enough. Oh, no. The most shocking, awful part of this whole ordeal of this shit fucking story is the level of backlash Noella received from the community after having her husband, who hired a group of men to fucking kill her, arrested. Like, what? That wasn't her fucking fault. Many in the Congolese community felt that she shouldn't have turned him in. What? Yep. He tried to fucking kill her. But she's a woman, so shut the fuck up. And, and like, just die? And literally? get over Like, oh, Okay. Since the arrest, she's received threatening messages, had her house damaged, her front and back doors have been broken by people in the community who are very angry with her for putting away the sack of shit, which, go fuck yourself, all of you. Yes. On the real. Fuck you. The single mother now has eight children to raise alone and has asked the Department of Human Resources to help her and her children find a new place to live because she does not feel safe. At night, Noella lies awake hearing her husband's voice ordering the hitman to kill her. She told the BBC, quote, every night I see what was happening in those two days with the kidnappers, end quote. Astonishingly, after everything that Noella Rocundo had been through, she fucking forgives her uh. former husband for ordering a fucking hit on her. She said, quote, he's a human being. From my heart, I forgive him. Like God judge him, end quote. Which, you're a fucking better woman than I was just going to say, I know. I'd be like, fuck this guy forever. He's a piece of shit. To drop a Marielenaism, ask forgiveness from Jesus because you're not getting it from me. <laughs> Straight up. I don't forgive people for way fucking less. I know, my God. Way less. Are you kidding me? <sighs> She's a fucking saint. Like, let's let's call the, the Pope. Let's get her canonized. Alto pronto. Because she's a fucking saint. She went on to say, quote, I will stand up like a strong woman. My situation, my past life, that is gone. I'm starting a new life now. I will marry again. By the God's grace, I will marry again because I think for this one, it was wrong. Wrong marriage. I will marry again. Yes. And I tried to look up, a, like, where are they now type of shit, and yeah. nothing showed up. I know that six years is the, up soon. Is, up, is, next, is okay. next year. But that is the batshit banana story of Noella Rocundo. Wow. Right? What a badass. I can't believe everyone fucking turned on her. What assholes. Yeah. And it's funny because, so there was a meme that went around several years ago. And it's a picture of Noella, and the top of the meme says, 25 words, the whole story, perfection. And the headline, because it, it's the picture, it's basically like a, a snapshot of the, the article, article, the news okay. article. So it's a picture of Noella, and then the headline says, 
wife crashes her own funeral, horrifying her husband, who had paid to have her killed. And then right under that, it says, surprise, she said, I'm still alive. Now he's in jail. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that pretty much summed it up perfectly. So I thought, what are the details of that? Yeah. So that's the story. Fucking badass Noella. She is a badass. Like, good for her. Good for fucking her. And she did kind of do the whole, like, pretend to be a ghost thing for a second. I love it. Yeah, you I said it. it. I'm sorry. I, I feel bad that I like no. <laughs> I love that your brain went there. Immediately. Because that's kind of um, a very odd <laughs> place to go. Which is why I'm obsessed with you. I, like, I would not think that. I wouldn't be like, I'm going to pretend to be a ghost. 100%. And show up at my funeral. And it's like, that's kind, that's kind of what happened. That is kind of what happened. <laughs> Uh, I mean, my first thought is immediately, like, if somebody fucks with you, like, you gotta fuck with them back, so. You got to. He did the ultimate fuck with you. Like, he tried to fuck with you and make you dead, so. Yeah. Go scare the shit out of him if you can. Yeah. Of course. Yes. Of fucking course. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. And you're right. She handled that so well. So mature. I would have. No, no, not me. I would have already been trying to fucking bargain with the kidnappers where I was like, okay, so here's what I can give you for going and turning around and killing this motherfucker because this is not okay. Yeah. You want some hand jobs, blow jobs? Yes! I was like, I would have done this out left and right. Are you kidding me? I was like, I'm getting out of this alive. I mean, at the funeral, I would have been the one arrested. I would have gone fucking nuts. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. No, she really was like... She's a fucking boss. She was really classy. She just said surprise. Like, I love it. Surprise, I'm still alive. I'm still alive. And she, it, it was, I didn't mention it, but in another article that apparently he just, when that, when he touched her and she was solid and she's like, surprise, bitch, he just put his hands on his head and kept saying, I'm finished. I'm finished. Yeah, I'm you fucked. It's like, yes, you are. are. And for, because she, according to you, was cheating on you, bye. Just, yeah, you or just dying. confront her and fucking talk about it. Something, don't just automatically go to hiring a hitman. Why was that your fucking first move? I mean, fucking people. I know. Can't handle, they can't handle their shit. I get it. I mean, no one can handle their shit. Obviously. Yeah. Overreaction. Noella is a fucking badass. She's a badass. Good for good for fucking her. May we all be like Noella. Yes. Such Take yeah. a page from that book. But that's that thing of that freaks me out so much of sharing a bed with someone. And you don't ever really know who that person is. I know. Whenever you watched, like, (sighs) Snapped and all those shows on fucking Oxygen and shit, where they just, like, I was married to him for 20 years, and Mm -hmm. I never realized that he was a total fucking psycho until he tried to kill me that one time. And it's always the dumbest fucking reason. It is. Like, it's not even an affair most of the time. A lot of the time, it's, I'm actually poor and I can't admit it. So I need to I, it, That is so infuriating to me. It's so infuriating. Just You're right. Divorced. So many fucking family annihilators are just like trying to hide the fact that shit's not going well. Like, just talk about it. We'll figure out a solution together. Yes. For richer or poorer, better or worse. Like, wasn't that part of the whole, I'm not a big wedding person, but I think that's in the vows. Yeah. Yeah. You know, fine. Your kids can't have a Burberry, you know, fanny pack this Christmas. Yeah. You might have to downsize okay. your home. But whatever you make adjustments and you don't murder your fucking whole family because you don't have money. That's insane. I have not come across a thing once that to me was justifiable. It's like, or you could just get a divorce. Like, what is justifiable? Like, how horrendous does it have to be to get to the point where you, it's okay to murder your family? Like, they brought it upon themselves. Extraordinary like, abuse. 
And I know that a lot of that is super hard to prove, especially if it's the other way around, if it's the woman abusing the man, because then there's the ego thing of, yes, you know, you don't want that. But I've never heard, with the exception of Chris Watts, fuck that piece of shit, where he was like, oh no, she, didn't he say that she hit the kids? I think so. Fuck you. Yeah, I I saw some mean or something, it was like, explain why you don't want to get married in two words, and it was just Chris Watts. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, you know kudos, that was good. The fucking realness, though. Yeah, it was very, very good. I like that. I'm a Pollyanna. I believe in I love. know we got <laughs> so we got funny. into this and I believe that hell is other people. Yeah. John Paul Sartre. Yes. yes girl. There you go. It's my favorite. Love a quote. My favorite quote. Mm-hmm. He's so fucking right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he knew what was up. Victor. He was aware. You know, I, that's I think it was a Elizabeth Gilbert maybe said God calls us to love all people, some from afar. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Like Just whoever, yeah. Whoever, whoever that resonates. That's fine. <laughs> to you. It's like most people are on that level for me. Yeah, I respect that. Yeah, for sure. Thanks so much for listening, guys. Yeah. Happy New Year. Happy Officially. New Year. 2021, 2021. Baby. Yeah. Low expectations, though. Let's, yeah. But no one say it's going to be your year. Be cool. We're going to act super chill about it. We're just going to go about our day because everyone said 2020 was going to be their year and look what the fuck happened. (laughs) It's like pretend like you see a celebrity at the table next to you. Like, don't get excited. Don't embarrass yourself. Just like keep an eye on it. Like maybe join up a conversation. Like see how it goes. Be cute and casual about it. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Or cute and creepy. Whatever you want. Whatever you want. But thank you guys so much for listening. (laughs) Yes, thank you. Please follow us on our Instagram at another fucking horror podcast. You can find me at Pinup Girl Mo. You can find me at Lobotomy, and that's Lobot period Amy. Please send us your your true stories. Heavy emphasis on the UFO alien persuasion. <laughs> Amy needs this. She needs this. I need guys. this. I have nothing else to live for. I need this. She needs it. She really does. <laughs> So please send us your true stories. We're going to be doing another episode, another one of those episodes in the next week or two. And you guys nailed it the first time. So yes. Hit us with your stories. Special emphasis on aliens and UFOs. <laughs> nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Exactly. Uh, so you can email us at another fucking horror podcast at gmail.com with a period instead of the you and fucking. And keep it cute. Keep it creepy. Bye. Bye.